Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season 11, episode 19, called Variant. Uh, Aaron, what'd you think of this one? There is some kooky Walking Dead stuff, uh, but honestly, I, I, I kind of like it when it happens. I, I like this episode a lot. What's the kooky uh, stuff? I'm, I'm, it, man, I don't, any we'll have to discover it on my notes because <laughs> okay, we have okay. recorded, I compiled a whole ass House of the Dragon episodes of uh-huh. feedback. But yeah, I, I'm going to have to re, yeah. I'll have to reboot the episode because as soon as I said I knew it's it, but I, I remember think I remember <laughs> cackling. I remember cackling a few times, <laughs> not with the show, but at the show. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm sure okay. that they'll emerge. I had a couple um, laughs with the show too, uh, over the whisperer stuff. I thought that stuff was really well handled. I mean, but come on, finding a re- Renaissance fair, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for that's King amazing. Jerry and Queen Nabila, like who doesn't want to see that? If like uh-huh. and now, like I, there's a couple points where I thought they might off Jerry. Uh-huh. And I felt my bile ri- rising. I was getting really stoked up, and now that I know he's got a kingdom on the other side of this if they can just if they kill this man mm-hmm. before he inherits his kingdom i don't know what i'm gonna do but i i, I <laughs> it's crazy how invested i am in several of these characters at this point still yeah yeah jerry's um, top of the list for sure jerry is towards the top of the list that man th- 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 aaron deserved at the very least and i told you so for his crazy ass taking the mule cart off road Oh, yeah. And yeah. Jerry, like, even though he gets his knee fucked up and all this and that, the other almost never at once being like, you know, Aaron, if we just fucking camped. We could have been eating my uh, d- 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 chicken quesadilla beans or whatever he said. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. Fettuccine my fetty, fetty, Catalini beans. Yeah. yeah I, we could have been eating that and singing songs. But no, we had to go off. That What a what a what a great guy Jerry is. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. He always looks on the bright side of life and you can't fault him for that. Some A plus, an A plus zombie kill. Like we yeah. had the zombie deaths. A zombie, like when Aaron, like, you know, tried to do Scooby Doo to the whisper, just uh-huh. pulled that, did, pulled that zombie's face off. That was fucking yeah. awesome. I love that. I love the whole idea that he would just mistake them for whisperers because, of course, he would. Of course, right? he would. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's a very clever uh, turn there that I really enjoyed. But, and, uh, and, and, and I, there's a lot of like Eugene, right? This is a very Eugene centric episode. Yeah. In, um, you know, the, just reiterating all the choices he's made have cost his friends dearly. And he's desperately trying not to make those choices again. But also like he is unintentionally because he's trying to stay true to himself. And and I, I don't know. It's. Ah. <sighs> It's rough because Eugene has made some very bad choices and he's here making choices that are going to lead to consequences again. Um, or he did last episode, I guess. And now he's trying to fix those wrongs. And I don't know if it's working. I don't know if it's working for me. <sighs> Eugene's just a hard character to take a character to take serious. Totally. Like I was looking at what's this guy's name? Josh McDermott. Is it McDermott for real? I think so. Um, so I was looking at Josh McDermott and I'm like, God, it's so hard to emote from all these layers of bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. I think they missed a real golden opportunity to have uh, Eugene lay off his shit when he dropped the secret agent shtick. 
Like that was just kind of like a persona he played. Yeah. And like, it's still like, he's got a draw and you know, he might be a little bit long, but like be more of a, a, a person, but like, he's, he's just got all this stuff towards like, it's really, you know, when he's trying to show anything other than like pants, wedding fear or like smug satisfaction, it really, he really struggles uh, getting anything through that character. Uh, having yeah. said that, I kind of fell for Eugene. Like, I think this is as heroic as his character can get. Like yeah. he self-professed coward. Uh-huh. And it'll probably work out okay because Mercer, I think, admires the fact that he's coming. He's doing the right thing by his sister, even though it's going to mean everything to him. And Mercer is right now struggling, struggling over how all in he wants to be. Oh, yeah. Like. I mean, everybody's taking it to his to his uh, philosophy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some really effectively too. So mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I think that they're against all odds doing pretty good job on on this show. Um, yeah, you know, g- yeah. given their constraints and where they're at. Yeah, totally. Uh, I'm still having fun with it. It's it's not without its excitement um, and its silliness, which I think has been a hallmark of The Walking Dead the entire run, for better or worse. Sometimes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's. It, the smaller ways that it's silly are what I really like, you know, Jerry and, and the kingdom and finding this Rin fair. Like it's so good. It's so good. It's exactly as silly as the walking dead needs to be to not make everything yeah. that is trying to do serious. Just look yeah. completely stupid. Agreed. Agreed. And I'm glad they have found that balance because boy, they were way off that balance for a long time. Hey, don't shamble off. We'll be right back after the break. Commission podcasts are an awesome feature here at Bald Move that allows you, the individual listener, to decide what we talk about for a single podcast. The community loves it because it often leads to fun fan-favorite films and TV shows that we've overlooked getting the coverage they deserve. And we love it because we're constantly exposed to great stuff that's not even on our radar. The way it works is simple. You go to support.baldmove.com and you click on commissions. Then you pay the flat rate for the commission and tell us what two-ish hours of content you'd like us to make podcasts on. Then we'll contact you for details, advanced feedback, and any dedications you'd like to make. Then we watch the thing, discuss the thing, turn it into a podcast, and pump it right into your ears. We get consistently great feedback on how much our commissioners love their podcast, and they make great gifts for the dedicated Bald Move fan in your life. And who knows, that dedicated fan could even be you. Treat yourself. Check out support.baldmove.com for more info. Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people, our group, our tribe. And why Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture, and creed, we still have respect for the old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked, and they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe! Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping. Welcome back, survivors. Here's even more about The Walking Dead. Uh, all right, maybe we should get into the recap. Let's do it. We start off with yet another Judith voiceover. It's just kind of how it's going to go this season. Um, this time it's about the choices of now, let's say, um, and the bad choices people have made in the past. But what really matters is the choice you make now. And It's a very Eugene-focused oh, flashback. Yeah back which befits a very eugene focused episode yep totally uh we get to see him you know pledging allegiance to negan uh all the the lies that he told about who he was and his his personal mission that got abraham eventually killed it's yeah a lot of his choice has gone wrong uh and then he shits himself in the streets of the commonwealth and daryl <laughs> grabs him and pulls him into a house to hide you know, I actually thought going in this scene, I'm like, all right, Eugene, this is your time to shine. 
you might be a, a sheep, but you're an alpha sheep in this community. You fucking killed a walker <laughs> too. Sheep. Yeah, right. you're gonna like like show your worth. And he just immediately reverts to the pants wedding. Yeah. Kind of like dumbass Eugene, and Daryl has to save him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really right right before we get to the credits, we get to see some quality Daryl in a glass box crouching, like he's in a oh, window yeah. and he's just kind of crouched down. <laughs> you know, he's got got the, got the f- maximum feral Daryl going. Yeah. So I don't believe that nobody saw them duck into this house because right before Daryl grabs him, someone's like, "He's here! He's here!" He's the uh, guy that killed Sebastian. Yeah. This is the guy that killed Sebastian, and everybody's like Which looking is and pointing. Which overstated. Eugene wishes he was that badass. Right, right. Eugene started a sequence of events that led to a zombie beating, uh, uh, biting Sebastian. All right. Yeah. That's that's a plain accounting of the facts, lady. Settle down. So I'm assuming they saw him go to this house, which means. The town must be protecting him in some way, right? Well, they've been pretty consistently telling that story, though, right? That the the survivors, when they need to lean on the nade, not all the time. There are those Mm -hmm. ice cream folk. We know who we're talking about. And (laughs) there are the uh, busy bodies on the street like here. But especially since Eugene's got to be seen as the guy to press the button. Yeah. That dropped the dime on Sebastian. Like, yeah, I imagine the PA. He's seen as kind of like a hero to so yeah I I, I felt like that all tracked mm-hmm. totally all right then we go to Pamela Milton um, over the body of her son telling Mercer to find Eugene so they can make an example of him otherwise she might have to make an example of his sister so Mercer has security sweep the town for the Virginia people uh, which is what they call Eugene our, our Alexandrians so that they can question them. It's a better name than I've been using because I've always struggled with the name Alexandrians because not all of them were staying in Alexandria. So, yeah. Virginians? Yeah. I think that's what you call people from Virginia. It's <laughs> I, I thought this was a pretty good scene, the whole, you know, Pamela manipulating Mercer. Like, mm-hmm. you know, look at this kid. You know, I wasn't blind to what was happening. But you know what? Family's complicated, like your sister. Really mm-hmm. complicated situation that's on her hands, isn't it? And there's ways she can be saved, but the other hands, I you know, someone's got to be made an example. That's pretty, pretty good, heavy-handed villain stuff. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a the implied threat, even though she's speaking in words that are positive, right? She wants to help his sister, right? Oh, his sister's in so much trouble right now, but we can help her if we just. Yeah, find she's talking Eugene. like a cop. She's talking like a cop trying to get a confession. <laughs> Totally. Uh, which she pretty much is. Uh, I thought that, um, I yeah, I thought this was cool. Her strapping her son down and, you know, wanting to have, I guess, I thought like one last connection with him. It's kind of weird how that turned out. Mm-hmm. But also the whole like, yeah, you know, the, the it's ominous when the PA systems are like, we're now targeting new immigrants from this region. Uh, any known associates of Eugene Porter, which, again, makes Eugene seem like such a badass. When he's got an all points bulletin on him, but uh, sure, yeah, 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 they're um, they're stoking fear of the new folk. Yeah, although again, it's it's a muddied metaphor because I'll be damned if it ain't the Alexandrians behind all all, most of the bullshit going on here. Not in a systemic sense, but Uh who is causing the chaos right now? It is those new immigrants from Virginia. (laughs) Yeah. No, and they're definitely aiding and abetting Max, who seems like she was all in on it. So, mm-hmm. uh, Aaron's people, his little group there of Lydia, Casey Jones, and Jerry, uh, run into walkers on the road, and Aaron decides to off-road the wagon to find a way around them. And we see one of the walkers seeming to notice them, which is strange. Yeah, I um. You seem to be pretty opposed to the new zombie variants when we were discussing this as possibility preseason, if I recall correctly, which I might not. Yeah. Um, it seemed like you were pretty to spot, speaking of them pretty positively in the pre-episode banter. Uh, was, uh-huh. Are you coming around on new zombies? Well, I didn't foresee them playing it like these were whisperers in Aaron's mind, so that helped a little bit. Um, I just... It, it's It's not that I don't want to see this what i'm uh-huh. what i'm disappointed with is how long it took to get there because <laughs> i think it's a very interesting idea and you know not one that hasn't been explored a billion times in other cinema and, and media but like 
Yeah. I, I think it would have been fun to see this stuff a few seasons ago so we could see how they've actually evolved and have to have our survivors deal with that stuff. Because right now, what what are we going to do? Our, we've got all of our survivors in the Commonwealth, which is mm-hmm. the most fortified possible position. I have a very hard time thinking any number of smart walkers could really challenge the Commonwealth uh, and their physical yeah. security. So, like, what is this going to amount to? We're just going to learn that there are other walker types out there, and then the show is going to end. Well, well, that's why I'm you disappointed. Think it's, so, from so from AMC's perspective, you're supposed to be intrigued and want to see the world <laughs> right. Beyond. I'm supposed to watch Daryl Dixon and yes. the next fourteen exactly seasons of I Fear think, the Walking Dead. Yeah, because if if I'm you know you're reading right. the tea leaves correctly, which I might be wrong, but like I've got you know from the feedback we've gotten, the other shows are establishing these other kind of superpowers. And like, you know, what can like eventually you get to a point where like you just build the walls and you have the routines and systems and design. But the zombies uh-huh. are evolving to where they can like start doing simple machines and using tools. Suddenly, those societies that seem to be completely safe are no longer safe. And it Here, makes here's individual what I zombie want. battles dangerous again. But I agree you're if you're right. going to. Ha- yeah, if we could have reconstructed this in our perfect world of Frank Darabont at the helm the whole time, we should have blown through the main sequence of Walking Dead in like season seven, season eight. And then if uh-huh. they wanted to, they could have gotten weird with zombie variants <laughs> to, to hold our interest going forward. But we don't live in that perfect world, unfortunately. No, you're absolutely right. I'm what AMC in in their mind. I am the perfect viewer and I am watching World Beyond. <laughs> I am watching Fear the Walking Dead. I am watching. I'm going to watch Daryl Dixon. Multiple I, times record a podcast about it. You are you are <laughs> right. one of the best top ones, Jim. I'm supposed to be the perfect viewer. Guess what? I'm not going to be that viewer. I'm done with The Walking Dead as soon as season 11 of The Walking Dead is over. So to mm-hmm. me, it feels like missed opportunities. But you're right. You're right. It's out there for people who want it. Uh, here's what I want from that scenario. I hope that they by now have done something where walkers are intelligent enough to launch themselves over walls with like trebuchets. I want <laughs> incoming zombie heads biting and gnashing at me. <laughs> zombie airstrikes. Yes. yes. Cluster bombs. They're using themselves as weapons. I would love it. Yeah. Um, do you know anything? You're, you're, you're Italian, Jim. Do you know anything about fettuccine Sorry. con cannelli beans? Cannellini? Uh, Cannellini. I don't. I don't know what kind of Italian beans there are. Uh, I mean, it's, garbanzo. Are those those are Italian? I mean, these are just like a white bean, right? A cannellini bean. I don't know. I was asking you the cultural knowledge. I don't actually know. I mean, I, I know what fettuccine is. Obviously, uh, you don't yes. have to be Italian to know that. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I. I mean, it's just pasta and beans. It's and, and he doesn't mention anything about a sauce. So mm, I, that's true. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's just a, literally just pasta and beans because this is the right. This is the apocalypse after all. It sounds fine for apocalypse food. It's probably pretty good. Yeah, getting better uh, for the doubt. Did Did you notice that um, they had they, they had Casey Jones' mask strapped to the side of the wagon? Mm-hmm. Can anyone explain to me why he still has a Reaver mask? <laughs> just in case in case he needs to uh, Aaron still has a whisper mask because I thought in I, case well and so does Negan that seems like has practical part but like I I thought I understood properly that he was carrying the mask of his sister's killer as kind of like a revenge wear guild I think you're right. slash intimidation tactic and like all of those scores have been settled why mm-hmm. is he still holding on to the weirdo mask I don't know parties sex it stuff like, it makes him look they're insanely it's like wesley says in the princess bride they're insanely comfortable everyone's going to be wearing right. masks in the future yeah uh why is aaron in such a hellfire hurry like why because this seems like I, I i'm just a simple farm boy taking a wagon off road seems like the worst fucking like <laughs> in what the in the oregon trail is he thinking here yeah i don't know man i i don't know how they get more than 10 feet in before they're stuck on the other hand when Je- when jerry is suggesting like well maybe we should hunker down and camp here how comfortable with the dead would you have to be to camp near a herd mm-hmm. like you one thing goes wrong and you have potentially thousands of zombies walking through your camp and like i get that you're all post-apocalyptic badasses but damn that's a lot mm-hmm. 
you got so, no roofs to to get up onto. Yeah, it's could be bad. Yeah, but Aaron, he's really really desperate to get supplies to Oceanside and get get on to Alexandria. Um, mm-hmm. Is 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 there something to them him knowing like that? Um, is 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 he think the Virg- that the uh, Commonwealth is going to come down on him like a ton of bricks and he wants? But that doesn't make sense. There's nothing they could do to prepare for the Commonwealth attacking them, right? Uh, Pamela Welch is on the deal. No, I don't know. Maybe he's just trying to get Gracie out of the Commonwealth as fast as possible. Hmm. Not yeah. sure. Okay. Anyway, uh, Mercer interrogates Rosita very formally uh, at first, and then he tries to play good cop and asks her to turn Eugene in, but then he also plays bad cop and threatens her and her friends. I feel like the Commonwealth should come up with some kind of service dress uniform that Mercer can wear so he doesn't have to wear the styrofoam shit all the time because it kind of mm-hmm. looks ridiculous in an office environment. Sure. You know, it's hard to sit down into. Yeah, I noticed that every time he sits down and he's just <laughs> uh-huh. like, it seems like he has to be very careful and rearrange things, which fair. Yeah, that groin is is in danger each time. <laughs> Get him an orange, you know, some orange BDUs or some some crimson pressed pants or something. He, he needs something besides this this armor all the time. The armor. Yeah. It must stink too. Like, how many suits do you think? I wasn't going to go there, but now that you mention it, that seems like it would kind of seal in the flavor yeah. more than uh, let let any kind of thing uh, escape like that. It was it wasn't the room that they put Princess in that smelled like ass and armpits. It was just that Mercer had been in that room an hour earlier. Yeah, and just his stink stayed. I just don't like. I just feel like these these are these are kind of dumb scenes because like you know she already told you like dude I ain't going to turn against the town. Like what right. makes you think she's going to turn state's evidence against her one of her buddies, you know? Yeah. But this is just a this is just a scene to tell us that she's gonna be let go to warn the friends that, you know, uh Eugene's public enemy number one. Yeah, I, I feel like it's the princess scenes are a lot better than the Rosita stuff. Yes. Yes. And we already had the Rosita crap last last yes. episode, so Right. Uh although I will say I I think I learned something new here. Sakura is her daughter's real name. Did we know that or did I had I just forgotten that? You know what? I don't know. Surely they've mentioned her name, but it could have been in I would think season so. 8.5 or 9.cc. So I don't know. Yeah, I have always just called her Coco and I think the show has always called her Coco. What did you say her real name is? Sakura. Sakura Coco. Sakura. So is that like a like a nickname? I, yeah, Coco is definitely a nickname, according to to Mercer here, and I guess he would know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, um, I guess this also sets up her running into Max later. Like it's like mm-hmm. a, narratively, it's neat to have you know them essentially using Rosita as bait. Sure. Yeah, they're keeping an eye on her. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so Rosita goes to the church where Daryl is hiding out with Eugene and they talk about how to get Eugene out of the city. But Eugene says oh, he's not leaving without Max and Rosita volunteers to go look for her. And there, there's some more stuff over the inner the, the PA system here about <laughs> aiding and abetting these fugitives will she will share their fate swift and final justice. Um, yeah. And you can see Eugene realizing what deep shit he put his friends in again. Uh huh. But it's also cool that like Father Gabriel sheltering the fugitive using his sanctuary there. I thought that was kind of neat. Uh, you uh-huh. know, Eugene apologizes and all that. And Daryl, I feel like he loses patience with him throughout the episode. But yes. um, I just think that Eugene, this port is just really limited in the amount of this. This is the scene where I made that in my notes. It's like he's just really limited the emotions he can emote. Like he's supposed to be torn and bereft and like sobbing. And it just it's it's really hard. Yeah. It's like watching a Christmas ham with a mullet <laughs> trying to squeeze out a tear. It's like, no, mm-hmm. I don't have, I care how much glaze there is. You're not, I'm not buying these tears, man. That's yeah. just that's just meat sweat. <laughs> uh so Daryl says something here which is interesting to me. Uh he when I think it's Rosita says like Mercer's gonna be watching us. Uh, and the others leave at dawn. He says, I'm counting on it, which I don't know if that's just 
Daryl talking smack or if that's Daryl like planning on leading them away so that Eugene can sneak out, which of course is moot by the end of this episode, right? It doesn't matter. I was just wondering if they had a plan there to mm. kind of draw security forces and the eye of Mercer away so that Eugene could get out. Sounds like it, but yeah. But it's weird to me that if they're watching Rosita so closely, they wouldn't have seen her go to this church um, and check the church. This is true. But she, I guess she this goes there to visit true. Gabriel. I, so maybe they don't suspect it's or not out of the ordinary. Got, yeah, or he's got a little bit of shred of, you know, following the rules. like <laughs> Yeah. Because he respects her. Maybe she just kind of, she gets away from him here i don't know they didn't tell that story yeah no no they didn't let's move over to aaron's group again um they pull the wagon out of a hole because of course they got stuck within five minutes uh but they ruin jerry's knee in the process and aaron spots a renaissance fair village that they can hole up in and they go there and lydia and casey jones almost kiss but she backs out um I got a kick out of this establishing shot because they have this improbably well-defined path through the woods. <laughs> and it looks like there's about two and a half wagons that could go on this little forest path. And by God, they've ran the wagon and the only fucking ditch there is. Uh-huh. They could have straddled that shit. They could have gone into the other lane. I don't think there's rush hour here on this here forest path. I don't think you were ran off the road. This is this is what I'm saying. The walking. This is some of the stuff I remember. This is the Walking Dead bullshit. It's like don't pay any attention to our hastily staged. You know, right? Uh, we just need him to be stuck. Like it's like is it would it be would have been hard to hose that thing down with some with some, with a with a, a hose for like five minutes and generate some mud. So it's like something that you could believably get hung up on and not be a complete fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, no, because it's The Walking (laughs) Dead. And fair enough. We're all kind of checked out. But they redeem themselves within 20 seconds because then they show the actual Renaissance Fair uh, that we've been waiting for this entire series, right? But yes. But even that was stupid because Aaron says, and I quote, we're going to have to go on foot. And they do a very nifty digital transition where you go through the uh-huh. gate and go through the keyhole and then you go to the and I'll be damned that they got the wagon there. <laughs> why why they went on foot to Why did they make Aaron say we have to back? go on foot to five seconds later reveal that actually I don't know, maybe they went on foot and they came back and like, you guys, you guys, it's so fucking cool. And there's a parking yeah. lot probably that leads right up to it and probably a big driveway because this is a massive facility <laughs> that would right. have points of egress right off the main road you were on. It's not that hard to get to it. But, you know, they, they didn't do any of that. Yeah. But well, they, it they is approached a it from the backside, I guess. I don't know. You're right. It is it, it's an actual Renaissance Fair village. It's, uh, I wonder you know, that's about people, the worst it, place to hole up in, though, right? Like these, these are essentially... <laughs> these are essentially built out of sticks and paper mache they're built plywood. just Come on. fair yeah plywood and paper mache the uh, very facade yeah and sticks and then this shit wood fence isn't exactly cold rolled like you look at it it's it's like hundred year old cedar that's got holes and it looks like it's about ready to fall apart anyway I don't know this place doesn't I wonder seem if it's a real place secure. um uh, you know, and, and like maybe you can for like that's the thing. It's like it's it's a good start, right? And then you just go and keep adding and adding. It's a and blueprint, adding. but you got to rebuild basically the whole but thing. They got real water. There's a source of water. There's plenty of trees to now fill. That's useful. Yeah. There's farmland to clear. Like I, now Jerry's seen this place has got good bones, and I tend to agree he's got good kingdom eyes. Um, what I was thinking <laughs> okay. of like are there because I thought that it was not the usual thing that a Renaissance fair takes place at a permanent establishment. Now I've gone to a couple that like the, mm-hmm. uh, there was one in New York that has a big, you know, established fat castle facade and all that stuff. We, we live pretty close to one North of uh, Cincinnati. Is that like, do, does every state have essentially permanent in uh, Ren, Ren fair installation? Imagine I California does. Does Georgia? I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I've only been to a few. I guess they're actually in. They're not in Georgia, though. They're over on the East Coast. Um, yeah. But I, I was wondering if this was a real 
like Ren like off season Ren Fest thing that they because like otherwise like maybe it's kind of ramshackle because like this is a pretty large set to build on the final mm-hmm. season, you know? Oh, I why wouldn't you just film this in the off season, the Renaissance Fair, right? Like yeah. go film it during the winter. I just think that the it, the it, it late looked fall. too chintzy for an actual Ren Fair. Does that make sense? Did it? Hmm. Like it looks like a place has been abandoned for 20, 30 years. You know? I, Renaissance and Fair has maybe... always looked like that to me, but I I Dude, can be wrong. Oh, talking <laughs> shit. He's talking shit about Ohio's Ren Fair. Shame, I bet they're shame, supposed Jim. to look like that, right? They That's... suffered historic flooding this year, and you're talking shit about their, their facades. Yeah. Actually, I was surprised at how little the flooding affected them. Like I didn't even <laughs> notice the effects of the flooding when we went like a week later. Yeah. They're so, just they're just they did a good job there. there. Um anyway, Kingdom yeah, 2.0 is exactly what I was thinking and I'm hope I'm hoping that's the fate of Jerry in Nebula. Yeah. Yeah. I might man, god, that's one of the ways they could get me on World Beyond or something if I found out that like actually it's going to start following Jerry Kingdom 2.0. Yeah. I might check that out. I don't know. Fear um, the King Jerry dead i'm writing a lot of checks my eyeballs might not be able to cash but <laughs> no <laughs> i'm just saying if you want to try to convert this 1.3 million that you got following along with you um i i always thought this was really cute like aaron uh or sorry aaron um taking an interest in these young people's love lives and kind of mm-hmm. like you know you can see him kind of laughing um i was i thought it was an odd reaction because you know, it's not like a really super funny story that's like, you know, why they're not getting together. She's like kind of traumatized over her last boyfriend and all that. But he laughs mm-hmm. like, ha ha, those kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go back to Pamela. She's talking to the body of Sebastian, wondering what it was all for. Then Sebastian turns uh, and she has somebody grab him, not not put him down, but. She's going to do something with him. We'll find out later. I thought they were going to do something cooler with this. Um, yeah. I, she would have like some what she does, but well, but that's the thing. It's like, she got, um, you know, she got this soliloquy that she gives to him. When she comes back alive, they do something really cool where they did this a lot in the, uh, uh, what was it the 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 movie about or the television show about Sandman Sandman where like whenever the Sandman was using his uncanny powers it always make it look like his eyes were like beetle black and they were glittering and when Sebastian started to reanimate they did that same thing with Pamela where it's like her eyes were like shark black but they had these like like dull glitter into them Um, very Stephen King-esque deadlights kind of thing and I'm like, oh, they're going to do some kind of something really cool with her and the son. And she's going to continue the soliloquy. But then she just says, take care of this. Mm-hmm. Now, apparently that order, the trooper understood to be fit him with a collar and some restraining devices and just get ready for. In what universe do you interpret that statement as that? Like when if, if, if I if I was uh, if my leader vaguely <laughs> yeah. gestured to the zombie strapped to the table and said, take care of it. Right. Imagine you're pop, a gangster pop, right? and you're like, yeah, take care of him, you know, uh-huh. and then he, you bring the person in in shackles and chains With elaborate and collar undead. To dinner. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. You're like God and boss. This is not what I meant. No, you're right. It's it's a crazy order to or a crazy outcome from that order. If she said, you know what to before, do. She said, but there's so many better ways they could have communicated totally. that. Like, you know what yeah. to do. But then I guess this is supposed to be a surprise. Eh, whatever. Uh-huh. Don't shamble off. We'll be right back after the break. We try to make it super easy to support making podcasts at Bald Move. Just join the club. Well, some people aren't a joining type, or maybe they're already in the club but want to add a little bit of gratuity for an especially great season of coverage, or for a podcast that really spoke to them or gave them that bit of support in a tough time. For these, and for whatever other reason you might have, our tip jar is always open. Head over to support.ballmove.com and click the donate option to say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Once again, check out support.ballmove.com for all the great ways to help me and Jim keep making the podcast you love.
You've been listening to quite a few Bald Move podcasts now, but you're not in the club? Whoo boy, you are missing out. Not only are all of our premium club podcast feeds completely ad-free, but we have lots of other great content exclusively for people in the club. There's a weekly lunch with Jim and Aaron where we chat with fans about anything and everything from TV and films, food, fun, life advice, and more. But there's also Off the Clock, our premium podcast where we talk about all the shows we don't have time for on our public feeds. Plus, you get access to our full spoiler-filled first-run movie reviews of our newly released films. Don't forget Instant Take and Talk podcast where we give our hot takes and discuss television shows with our fans live and immediately after the episode airs. With mega shows like House of the Dragon coming this summer, we're going to have lots to talk about. Not to mention access to our fun and friendly community of club members with exclusive Discord channels and a dedicated forum. It's one of the best places on the internet to hang out and chat about pop culture. Bottom line, you're helping two regular type guys in the Midwest make the content you like to listen to, which some would say is reward unto itself. Help keep the lights on and the bits flowing at Bald Move. And get some awesome content for yourself. Head to support.baldmove.com to join the club today. Welcome back, survivors. Here's even more of The Walking Dead. Um, I don't know. Are they doing the parallels to Eugene here with Pamela making choices that affected her son, leading to him getting killed? Is she is she following the same path that Eugene has been following for the last, I don't know, nine years, nine seasons? You think she's faking it till she makes it? No, no. I think she's, she's just fast-tracked that whole thing, and she's realizing, oh, yeah, my choices have led to this. Huh. But, but later in the episode, it, that doesn't track, right? Because it's like she's very resistant to any acknowledgement that she had a role in this. Or she is forced into it because she said, you know, you always complained about how I chose this place over you, but it never was a choice because in her mind, like the Commonwealth mm-hmm. always came first, like it had to. Um, yeah. So yeah, it is a little bit dodging responsibility. It's a, uh, it's a real narcissist play to have a one-sided <laughs> conversation with your d- dead son where you get to win all yeah. the arguments. <laughs> right. At least they don't have to disappoint each other any longer, Jim. Fair. Now they can just disappoint the audience. All right. Princess (laughs) tries to tell Mercer that Eugene is a good person and that this place can't be good if they put good people to death. And Mercer gets called away and Princess decides she's leaving. Uh, Yeah, this is the start of what I think is probably the second best part of this episode. The Princess and Mercer stuff. I think it's real strong. I've always thought they're cute together, but I want to say this and put it on the record that Mercer is draining the color out of this girl. She came to this oh, place yeah. vibrant and vivid, and now she's dull and gray. He has tasted all the flavors of the rainbow and he's left nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. And like, as soon as she escapes from her back to mag- vivid colors, of magenta, I think Mercer he's, he's yeah, he's stifling. He's stifling princess. He might not be the bad yeah. the monster, but he is definitely a life leech and you need to run princess. <laughs> it started where to. early too. Yeah. I remember yeah, it was like know. one one romp in the bed together and she mm-hmm. was she ditched Washed her that furry jacket. Right out her hair. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Don't need to do this it. no more. I'm voting Republican. That's how that went. <laughs> God. <laughs> he's he's so long or he just con- he just convert con- converted her. Yeah. Uh all right. Aaron asks Lydia what uh that kiss thing was all about. And she says she's still thinking about Henry. And Aaron tells her about how he and Eric got together and how happy he was uh, when it happened and how he wished that he could have taken back some of the no's that he said to Eric. And then tells her loss is inevitable, but we can control when we say yes, which I like. It's a nice sentiment. Dude, yeah. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, that's a lesson you learn quick or. Or or slow or sometimes not at all is that or then maybe it's maybe it's also just subjective the idea that uh, regret is like the worst thing you know regret of not doing something is like the worst thing you can yeah. feel um, you know whereas doing something and failing or getting rejected or losing it is yeah that hurts bad too but like nothing sticks with you like regret um, so I think this is pretty good advice. And it's also great, you know, we love Aaron, we love Eric, Eric's been gone for a long time, remember how cute and sweet they were together, and him like, Mm -hmm. you know, this isn't like, 
Aaron's going to die this episode. Here's an info dump. It's like something naturally <laughs> yeah. he would say to Lydia. And I think it's, yeah, like, man, I put this guy off for the better part of a year. And now that I don't have him, I just regret every time I said no, because that could have been an extra day we had together. That's really sweet sentiment and well-spoken. It does sound like Eric harassed Aaron into dating him, though. It's like for (laughs) six months, he's constantly going like, let's go out. Let's go out. And then Uh, Aaron eventually relented. Yeah, baby, it's cold outside. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, I mean, there. yeah, there's a, I mean, uh, yeah, he's a a pest. A little bit. A little bit. It worked out, but yeah. I don't know. There's probably a respectful way you can chase somebody for six months, right? Probably. Probably. Give them the benefit of the doubt. All right. Rosita sees Max getting caught by Commonwealth troopers, and Max is given a fabricated statement by Mercer to sign in exchange for a pardon. She tells him that their father would have been ashamed of them. Uh, oh, wow. we also mentioned the zombie hand on the fence, which is our second for portent oh, of doom. Right. I forgot you know, we about saw that. the zombie turn around and like, you know, take note of something. And now he's got his hand on the fence. Um, mm-hmm. uh, really th- <laughs> cutting Mercer deep in this ep- this scene. Oh, yeah. This is a deep <laughs> cut. You know, yeah. like our our daddy, our mutual daddy, the general. Mm hmm who you probably looked up to all your life and whose approval you probably craved. Guess yep. what? He fucking think you're a real chode right now, <laughs> bro. Yeah. And what's worse and is the Mer- right. I think Mercer knows it's true. Uh-huh. Mercer knows that he's become the exact kind of bootlicking toady. Then he's like, not ever would have thought that until just this moment. But like, my God, how many things have I compromised for this shit? Right, and this is a devastating this, combo. This episode on Mercer, I think so. like Rosita, Princess, Max, like they're all punching him, and I think by the end he feels it. I, I'm curious to see where this leads for him. And it's like really, it's like all, I think these things all fit like a brick in the wall. You know, like the uh, relatively horrific thing she's trying to confess to is like, oh, I went off meds, and I'm turns out I'm crazy, and I did all this, and she says. I can't stand up to be a part of something so rotten. Eugene saved me from Sebastian and now you want me to let him die, you know, for doing the right thing to mm-hmm. fight against this evil and oppression. And it's just, uh, yeah. You know? After Rosita or after princess has said, you know, that he kind of confirmed he's also a good person. Like, I also wonder though, is more the walking dead being the walking dead. How the fuck did Max evade capture? The way she's stage sneaking from location to location, and right, right, yeah. And uh, did know, Rosita maybe. get picked up again? Because Rosita was kind of like waving, trying to wave the cops off and wave her off and help. And like, I feel like she would have gotten in more trouble for that. You know, I would have thought that was aiding and abetting, yeah. but eh. yeah, something. Maybe they don't care because they got their their person. Yeah, maybe. And also, she is kind of good in good with Mercer, so. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to Eugene, still in the church. He's getting antsy, though. He's looking out the window, and Daryl's like, hey, trying to get caught. <laughs> uh, and he's right. Eugene's so stupid. Uh, anyway, he tries to leave the church, but Daryl won't let him. So Eugene prepares to fight him, and Daryl decides, you know what? If he's this suicidal, I'll just let him go, because... God, I would have loved to see that fight, though. Oh, when he square, fully gold. squares up to Daryl, and Daryl's just kind <laughs> of staring at him. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, are we actually going to do this? Because this would be kind of, you know, this would be kind of funny. I wasn't expecting this, but yeah, I kind of want to see it. Uh, yeah, so Daryl says, okay, fine, then go. And he knows he won't actually leave. And Daryl claims it's because he's smart, but Eugene knows it's because he's a coward. And, and he what asks Daryl, do you think people are born brave or become brave? And Daryl says both. What does that mean? It you means demented backwoods philosopher. <laughs> I like it, man. I, I does it mean you have to have both? Like you have to be born he, with he's the telling stuff. Him, he's telling him you gotta, I was born brave, but you're going to have to work for it. <laughs> I, well, that's what I was wondering because I was like, there's, all, there's not very many flattering. It's like. Well, you got to be mm-hmm. born brave, but not even those people make it. You also have to like cultivate it. Like, you know, you got to have a oh. you gotta have the gift and you got to work it out. 
uh, or you either born brave or you become brave. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it felt very dispiriting when he's like, are you born brave or can you become brave? You <laughs> I read it the both. other way. That Yeah, you didn't have to have both. You could be either and be brave. Okay. All right. But, hey, you know, that's just how I read it. Uh, we'll see if he eventually becomes brave. I think by the end of the episode, I, I would call it a brave act, what he does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, selfless, anyway. Yeah, totally. Princess and Ezekiel talk about meeting up with Eugene after he gets out of the city. Ezekiel I think you mean says, the princess and the king. Hello. Address oh, them both by the royal titles or not at all. He's abdicated the throne at this point. <laughs> I guess he has. Like, it's been yeah. a long time since anyone called him king, but maybe Jerry. Yep. And he thought that shit was cringy. Uh, but yeah, he, Ezekiel says, no, I'm, I'm staying here. I'm going to fight for change. And Princess doesn't like this place and thinks that she deserves better. And Ezekiel actually agrees. Says, okay. I like that Ezekiel's not shaming people for their choices here. You know, we just watch Belfast. Yeah. Um, and it had shades of that where like it's a bad situation. People are taking to it differently. Some uh-huh. of them just want to leave. And if you blame them for that, what good does that do? Yeah, you can't judge everybody's circumstance and, you know, how how much tolerance they have for this, that, and the other and how much tolerance they have for it's And, yeah, there's no right or wrong answers. Uh, yeah. You do what you really think is hard best, to judge best. someone from the outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and I like her line is like, um, you know, maybe I deserve more than the best of a bad situation. Like, on my whole life, I've tried to make the best of a bad situation. Maybe I just want to get a good situation. And like, damn, girl, I definitely feel that like, yeah, don't don't settle for just tolerable. Yeah, no, I think honestly, I think watching uh, Belfast has influenced my opinion on that stuff because Mm. I I could also I I think before I would have looked at this and said, well, that's just making excuses for your own inaction. Right. You see an injustice. You need to write it uh, and you know that you need to. But saying, well, I just don't want to make the best of bad situation is running away from the problem. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some people just aren't in a place to fight for it, you know, whether that's their current state of affairs or whether that's the history they have and the very personal mm-hmm. way that it affects them. And and like I said, blaming them does no good. Yeah, and there's all kinds of strength, too. Like, just like, you know, I'm a pretty big dude. I could probably, you know, hold 50, 60 pounds for a long time. If I go mm-hmm. up into like some 90 pound person and be like, do the same thing, they're like, it's going to collapse them. And it's not because yeah. they're shit at holding things. It's because <laughs> like, that's a super unfair imbalance. And like, we value certain types of strength and deprecate others. Like, being able to put mm-hmm. up with shit and still keep a positive attitude and be able to, to mentally keep moving forward or to keep fighting even when all like that is a certain type of strength. And some people don't have as much as others. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just a, it's just a fact, man. And you can work, you can also, you can work and get stronger on different things, but some people just aren't, aren't, aren't made to do it. And, uh, I think that's something society is waking up to is like, there's all these different types of facets and axes of, of the, that you can be strong and weak at. And we only really pay attention to a very few. Um, Sure. So yeah, I think I think it's hard to criticize Princess here, and yeah. Zeke certainly certainly doesn't. Especially when she talks to Mercer later um, and clues mm. him on him in on her whole yeah history. Holy hell. Yeah. All right, we go back to uh, or we go over to Lance. He's still in a cell. It's a different cell though. They've moved him to the dungeon cell. Uh, yeah. he he's moved him uh, they moved him to the preseason uh uh the, the, what do you call that the publicity shot cell where they filmed okay. some of the trailers yeah. and some of the previews and stuff like that because it looks way more dungeony than the other cell the yeah, other cell just very looks cinematic too yeah uh-huh. too mundane uh so he apologizes to pamela for accidentally killing her son then blames the alexandrians and she Plays a game with him. She has him try to guess which hand a coin is in, and the stakes are his life. And he wins. And so Pamela brings in Sebastian, uh, his his chomping uh, corpse of a body here, uh, reanimated obviously, along with Calhoun's body, and gives him his first assignment to feed her son. Calhoun's this, is the the Secret Service goon that he's had. Yep, yep. The How guy who killed all those. Get- 
captured? Yes, did they co? Did they? I guess. I guess they didn't yeah. tell us any of that. Okay. She just found them. It's just implied that she like had an eye on him, right? I, and also, these are more or less, I think, official tools of the state. So they probably, you know, they knew yeah. where their Secret Service people are. It could be. Uh, this is way darker than I think it seems on the surface. I just think it's super fucked up leaving somebody in a cell with an animated corpse and another corpse and telling them to feed the animated corpse the other the meat from the body. It's and just leaving him in there with that is I, this is fucked up, man. But I love it. Yes, but it's also kind of stupid. Like, what's the point? Right, you don't need it, to feed a walker. That it's it, you never well, need to feed a walker in its entire existence. I don't think, and it'll still keep walking. But is Hornsby is this his job now, or is this just a one-time punishment so that he can you know prove how much of a toad he's willing to be, or is he going to ever get out of this cell? Uh, I, I think it's more the latter, where he he's got she's giving him a job that she knows is fucked up and demeaning, and how he responds do it to it. It, oh, okay. No, I, I think how he responds to it is going to gauge at least a little bit what she does with him in the future. But yeah, I think he's going to be in here for a while, but not forever. So it's a shit test, essentially. Yeah, loyalty test, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is the second time, though, we've seen this weird fetish thing that he's got for Pamela. Like, she rubs her hand on his face and on his lips and stuff, and he's just about to come everywhere <laughs> yeah this that's is not this, super... this happened one other time in the last episode right it, but it was a lot more subtle last time yeah she's got the vulcan neck pinch she's working on him there is some kind of is it an attraction to power thing. does he just want yeah, power maybe. and she represents power in his mind or is he like she's physically attracted to her hmm i don't know because I, I, I read him as a deeply fucked up person uh and he's fucked up for power. Yeah, I saw him as almost like he, he strikes me as a various type and that he's almost like I, I, he doesn't seem like he has any other appetite except for power. Yeah, yeah. like he's a almost uh, asexual. Yeah, or at least he he ignores his other appetites in favor of the power acquisition. Yeah. Yeah, um, so, be. yeah, it must be just he realizes that Pamela represents extreme power and he craves that. Or maybe she likes she likes uh, fem doming, and he knows that, so he's he's playing into her kink to try to get clemency because oh, he, like he's it. clearly yeah. willing to do or say anything to get back in her good graces. Uh huh. Could be Work, works for both of them, man. I laughed out loud when he says he's the one who knows how to handle the Alexandrians because <laughs> up to this point. <laughs> Like right. the Alexandrians had a knife to your neck about to kill you before Pamela stepped in, you dumbass. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, we go to another really good scene. Maybe the standout scene of the episode for me. Uh, Princess leaving Mercer's apartment uh, when he comes home and wants to talk. And he asked her to stay, reminding her, you know, what's outside the walls and claiming it could be a lot worse than the Commonwealth. And in response, she tells him about the abuse she suffered as a child and how her parents always said, hey, it could be a lot worse. And she tells him she's not he's not a monster, but she can't stay. And this entire time, as soon as she says, as soon as Mercer said it could be a lot worse, I said, well, it could be a lot better, too. And I'm so happy that the episode went there because that's that's the obvious retort to that, right? Yeah, and it's it's a really good scene. I do wonder if it was weakened a little bit by Ezekiel because this almost feels like a second draft of the same speech where they're like, you know, let's just lean really into the abuse because it's it's mm-hmm. some pretty horrific shit. It sounds like her mom essentially yeah. pimped her out to some crazy asshole for room and board. Yeah, I'm kind of um, glad they didn't go the sexual route with her because that I mean that's just so such a trope, right? Didn't like, they? Mm, I don't. I didn't see that. I, what I heard is they they physically abused oh, her by beating her and locking her, her in a closet. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I just assumed that there was other like because I it also seemed like there was a sequence of guys where like one was this way and then one got worse and yeah, like a stepfather um, and a stepbrother maybe and oh, and then gotcha, gotcha. Couple of stepfathers maybe. I don't know. 
but it was traumatic to the extent that like yeah. she saw all it changed the way she saw men that they were monsters and i thought that was another mm-hmm. knife uh moment for mercer is like yeah i don't think i just want you to know i don't think you're a monster but he's enabling also monsters. yeah yeah like, yeah, yeah like her mother was yeah it's exactly the same thing by right. not speaking up by not putting a stop to this stuff I never thought of it that monsters. way that like she's like, yeah, you're not a monster. You're just like my mother. You're letting them, uh-huh. you know, hurt people uh, knowingly. And like, oof, that's maybe even worse because a monster can't kind of help what it is. But if <laughs> sure. you're seeing what a monster does and it's just like, eh, that's an acceptable cost for me. That's pretty mm-hmm. fucked up. I'm like uh, Huey from The Boys. I come by my monsterhood, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I yeah, I like that. The uh, things could be worse. Fuck that thinking. They could be a hell. Of a, they could be better too. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I thought it's like I, I, it, to me, it's like a little bit similar to what the the Ezekiel uh, situation was. But I think the relationship between Ezekiel and Mercer and, and her are different enough, and that there was a little bit more like building up to it. You know. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, it's also like, you know, it's it's nice to see, you know, more uh, character backstory, even as late as it is for Princess, because she's like, you know, one of the latest introduced characters. We don't know much about. She's been more of a caricature caricature and she's really been able to kind of be fleshed out in this Commonwealth arc and really good material, yeah. really good late game material for her. Yeah, they added um, layers, I think, to it here, because I do remember her saying she, you know, had some trauma back when she was in the train car when they first encountered the Commonwealth. Yeah. Um, but now we get a little bit more flavor to that and it was worth it. And it wasn't the episode where they kill her. So agreed. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> All right. Aaron and Lydia. Isn't it a crime that Scott Gimple is credited above both Angela King and Frank Darabont. Oh my God. Above Frank Darabont. Yeah, he's the he's like you would you would think by watching the credits that he is the executive producer and showrunner of this show. Frank Darabont created this show, Fra- man. Frank Darabont is be- now in a very small font created, you know, like uh, <laughs> with some small creative credit too, kind of bullshit. And yeah, wow. Yeah, that's an atrocity. Mm. The highest order. Uh, all yep. right. Aaron and Lydia. Here's some commotion inside the walls of ye old Renaissance fair. So they do another sweep and find just hundreds of walkers. So it's implied here that this walker, this smart walker, did not climb the wall, right? It. Well, I think he climbed the wall and, and then let then them all in. Found the hand, the, the the latch on the other side and let them Damn, in. So there's like some really walker. high order zombie shit going on because turning a knob is not a hundred percent unprecedented in the mm-hmm. world of The Walking Dead. We saw that in the first season. Sure. Uh, sure. When the show was still like genuinely creepy and horrifying. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I like, I like this. It's almost like when there's a scene later on where Aaron is breaking this down to Jerry, and it's like someone remembered that there used to be a zombie Bible that demonstrated what could and could not do. <laughs> and uh-huh. I feel like they were reading from that and being like, you know, those rules. We are now going to start to slowly throw them out. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. That's a good thing to explore if you want to keep people interested. Yeah, yeah. And if you have spinoffs and stuff, then why not go for it? Uh, yeah, so they find hundreds of walkers inside. They fail to fight them off. They then retreat into a building. The walkers here try to open the door using a doorknob. Uh, that freaks them out. So they head to the rooftop. And then one of the walkers climbs up a ladder onto the roof and tries to smash Jerry with a rock. So Aaron rips its face off thinking it's a whisperer, but it's not. It's just a freakishly intelligent walker. <laughs> yeah, I like basically everything about this scene this is the way that the walking dead needs to do action yep and i even like tying it back into the history of the show so seamlessly that's what i love about it they also gave jerry a slow-mo action scene which i was like yeah big man get it (laughs) get it like i don't think he's ever been featured in one of those before Uh uh-huh i will say uh, there there's a certain amount of efficiency he needs to bring to his swordsmanship uh, he's got a yeah, double slashing those walkers seems uh-huh. a little wasteful yeah he's using a lot of energy uh which yeah. is not wise as as a big man um and he's like he's got this one-handed style where it's like it's almost like this uh a samurai where he's got his hand on the scabbard and he's just just taking these one-handed cuts with the dudes and um mm-hmm. cool stuff 
Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. I also was like, I was like, man, where is this? Because like, got yeah, zombies opening doors, zombies using tools. Like when they they showed that like when Lydia was attacking a zo- the, one of these smart zombies with her staff, like it, it knew enough to go for the weapon rather than just kind of blindly going towards her. And she stabbed it, and I noticed that it it kept on having this knife sticking out of it the rest of the episode. And I kept on waiting, like, is this zombie going to pull that thing out of its body and come at him with a knife? Oh, because. Man. I mean, these are I, I thought that we would have door knob trying and wall climbing zombies using tools blew me away. Yeah. This is yeah. When it comes to Jerry with that rock, that was crazy. Uh, and, and being able to navigate a ladder like, I don't know, is that more impressive than climbing a fence? Climbing a fence is fucking hard. That's true. Yeah. Ladders. I Yeah. 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 They're made to be climbed. Uh, yeah. I, so what do we call these things? Thinkers? You got roamers, like you got it. lurkers. Call them thinkers. Yeah, I brought that back. Roamers, lurkers, and thinkers. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so overnight, they managed to kill all the walkers in the Renaissance Fair yard. And Aaron tells Jerry that he's heard stories about these walkers who can climb walls and open doors. And that's just kind of where it ends there. Uh, Lydia kisses Casey Jones. And as they leave Kingdom 2.0... Aaron says that King Jerry and Queen Nabila should rule the land. Jerry likes that idea. I like that idea, too. When Jerry said, I like the sound of that, I'm like, yeah. co-sign, green light. Why are we fucking around with Daryl Dixon and Negan and Maggie and Isle of the Dead? Like, it's, <laughs> I just want to see the Kingdom 2.0 with Jerry and right? family. Why, why does he even go? Why does he even leave with them? Stay here. I guess he's got to yeah. go get Nabila. Tell him to drop him off. Right. Um, yeah, so Lydia's like seemingly worked out some of her problems with Aaron's help. Um, she's completely, <laughs> completely forgotten about Henry, I hope. Because, <laughs> boy, I had completely forgotten about Henry up until that moment where she mentioned him. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it seems like they could be cute together. I don't know. They seem to enjoy each other's company. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not shipping it, but I'm not hating it either. All right. I don't, go you to, know, I don't have a good ship on this. Like I thought I was I really wanted to see Mercer and Princess fuck, but then he stole our all our all of her color. Yeah. So now I ain't shipping I don't I don't think I'm shipping anyone or anything. All right. Uh Rosita tells Eugene that she found Max, but the cops got her. And Daryl says it's time to leave, but Eugene's not going because Max has made him a better person and he doesn't want to go back to being the awful shitbag he was before. <laughs> and he gives Rosita his stupid bolo tie for Coco to wear when she turns 15 and then turns himself uh, in. Eugene, I'm not doing any of that. No, I'm not going to make my daughter <laughs> right. wasteland lame. Thank you very much. Yeah. Also, this whole, you know, you told me there's my person out there and I found her and you were right. And I trusted you in that moment. And now I need you to trust me. Eugene, you're a total dumbass. Rosita is super competent. You should listen to super competent people. You Fair. are wearing a bolo tie and a mullet. You don't know anything. Like it doesn't. It's not a. I I trust you ones. You trust me. You're no. Demonstrate some competence. Like I'm glad it worked out for you, but no. Plus, you found Max when you were a complete dumbass, and you, you say she's made catfish. you a better person. You got whole person catfish, dude. <laughs> but then but then she's made you a better person. Imagine who you could find now that you're a better person. If you just let Max go, right? You can find someone new. If you could find her as a dumbass, boy. Now, having said all that, I uh, Eugene, this is this is pretty stand up. Like that's this is how Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Just give it like, a I, I don't know how. I don't know. Like I think he knows that like how do I live with myself? I finally find a woman that's good to me and I love and she's still alive and I'm going to abandon her to her fate. Like uh, that doesn't meet my conception of who I, I mean, I, I, I respect that. Yeah, totally it's dumb, but like on in, in like his, his yeah. Like I and also think like he had a clear idea is like, I'm not going to survive this. So I'm just going to get max out free and clear. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, very tale of two cities, you know? So yeah, and, he, job, and if he Eugene. leaves, he's not going to survive as the guy he was, right? I mean, that's going to destroy him. Right. It's it's making yet another choice that is cowardly. Going back to the Negan farm, yeah, totally. 
So yeah, there's no way out for him. Uh, the hilarious thing to me here is when he says, yeah, I'm not going, I'm, I'm going to stay here. Daryl's just like, okay. And he leaves. I know. <laughs> He's just like, I'm All right. telling you, you <laughs> Daryl's so over this guy by the end of the episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right, uh, and then we get to the final scene where two men break into Rosita's house and capture her. That's it. Yeah, we get the, you know, I think I think he did impress Mercer. That's my take on uh, Eugene turning himself in. He's here to confess uh-huh. the unintentional death and acting alone. Uh, Max's reaction, her shock and her grief, and Emba- uh, Mercer's embarrassed and conflicted. Eugene just wasting away in his prison cell, mm-hmm. and then there's this nice transition from that to the Rosita picking up his bolo tie. Mm-hmm. And I don't what 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 in the hell is going on here? This is Pamela sp- starting to renege. I think so. Although I don't know if you call it reneging because it's not like there's know, no I, deal ever made, right? Well, not only that, but like you, what Eugene did is would would be considered a huge breach. Like playing that tape, if they just wanted to get out there and like, hey, Carol brokered oh, us a deal to deliver oh. the son and on the deal return, to fix up Alexandria. Yeah, we can no. get the hell out of here and be like, there. That deal is way off the table, right? Yeah, that ended at the end of last episode. There was yeah. no way that was happening. But I feel like they, the 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 characters didn't recognize that, like. They didn't really come to grips with that being gone. They never said it. They were just now everybody wants to get out of here. They were like right? the, 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 the whole frame. Of the Alexandrians are like, we're being railroaded. Like, I can't believe you fucking are treating me like a common criminal, even though we associate with a terrorist mm-hmm. that, you know, was complicit in the death of the heir to the kingdom and you know, aired all the dirty laundry and all that stuff. Like, sure. At the very least, you're. I'm like, like I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not for all that behavior. I'm just saying if I did all that behavior, I would not be like showing up to work the next day, being like, <laughs> what? "What the hell? You want to ask me questions? You're trying to hassle me? What is this bullshit?" I would probably, yeah, right. for sure. Uh, but it seems like she's going to be more than hassled with questions. And what's going to happen to Ezekiel? Because he's also, he's not, he's like leading resistant cells and stuff. And he's known associated with this guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, and Carol, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens next episode, frankly. Yeah, me too. Well done, <laughs> Walking Dead. I'm looking forward to next week's right? episode. Uh, watching Dead at BaldMove.com is how you leave us feedback. A note on that is we've got another week or so of rings of power. I think we are going to plan on holding off all feedback uh, till we get done with that. And we'll probably have a super, uh, you know, standalone feedback session to kind of catch back up and then we'll see how it goes. But uh, watching dead at baldmove.com. If you want to get in, I thought early, get your foot in the door for that. Uh, feel free to do so. If you want to know what we're doing next or uh, our release schedule, uh, yada, yada, twitter.com slash bald moves, the best way to track that. And finally, if you'd like to support us, get ad-free feeds, tons more bonus content. Super easy to do that. Go to support.baldmove.com. We'd appreciate it. That's going to do it for this week on The Watching Dead. Until next week, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. See ya.